everyone. Welcome to the Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Lombardi, and I'm here with my good friend, Jeremy Race, who is the CEO of Junior Achievement of Southwest New England. Hi, Jeremy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So Jeremy is responsible for the organization's sustainability, strategic direction, board development, and overall program effectiveness. I'm going to have Jeremy tell you a little bit about JA and about himself. Sure. Well, again, thanks for having me. Excited to, uh, to be on a podcast. So I guess we'll start with, uh, with, with me personally. I've uh, been at Junior Achievement for 16 years. I've uh, been in, in this role as president, uh, starting my third year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're doing amazing things. And I know we'll talk more about uh, that in a little bit. But I really believe what we do is have a huge impact on young people, uh, specifically in the Connecticut region, which is powerful. On a personal side, uh, born and raised in Connecticut. Um, so lived here all my life, went to school at uh, Fairfield U, so even, I guess, I'm um, a homebody to some extent, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a great state. I think we've got a lot of work to do to uh, you know, get more entrepreneurship going here, more economic development going here, and I like to think that uh, junior achievement plays a big role in, in those efforts. That's wonderful, and we're really lucky to have you here. I'm looking forward to hearing your insight. As a reminder for anyone that hasn't tuned into this podcast before, the, the, there's the format as a Q&A style. Uh, it's, it's based on the inspiration for this podcast was based on a book called Tribe of Mentors written by Tim Ferriss. He asked a, 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 a bunch of questions to different types of personalities, uh, celebrities, business people, and it was about business, personal, all different types of things. So that's, that's what we're going to do today. This this um, podcast I'm looking forward to because I really, uh, as you know, have an interest in financial literacy and entrepreneurship. And the, because of this podcast, talking about game-changing events in, in people's lives and how you face adversity and how you handle success and all everything in between, I think that we're going to have a lot of good things to talk about. Great. Look forward to it. So we're going to jump right into the first question, which is why do you do what you do? That's the million dollar question again. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, and I think um, what I realized early, early on, even 15, 16 years ago, was that um, you know when I go to work every day, I can see the the positive results that that our programs have on young people, that our volunteers have on young people. You know, to your, to your point, you referenced a little bit. We're teaching kids financial literacy, we're teaching kids work readiness, we're teaching kids entrepreneurship, and we're doing that as early as kindergarten. You know, mm-hmm. so we're trying to spark. Right, trying to be that game changer mm-hmm. for those young people as early as possible, um, and and when you see the kids' eyes light up, and um, you know you see some of these kids were able to follow through you know, over the years, and see them actually creating businesses, you know, getting great jobs, and if we had some you know little part of that, mm-hmm. um, then I think we're doing a, we're doing our part here. What's the age group overall of their program? So uh, K through 12, so roughly you know five years old to 18, 18, 19. So it's a big you know it's a big range. You know we reach. This year we'll reach about 47,000 students in Connecticut, which is a pretty significant Incredible. number. Um, and a lot of those students are in the K through six range. We're trying strategically to reach more students at the middle and high school range as well. But I, I do believe, you know, I'm an education guy at heart. The, the earlier you can form that foundation and, and get you know young people thinking about what they can do when they are older, what they want to be mm-hmm. um, when they grow up, I think that's when you start having real impact. That's great. So I think that JA serves a very unique role. And my, and my question is, as a follow-up to that, how do you think the parent comes into play, you know, as, in, as, these, as the child develops, and, this, and the, the formal education, whether it be public or private school, you know, are, are the skills that you're teaching, is your opinion that they should be learning these things from the parent, from, from school, and is that why you fill that niche, or, or how does that 
work? That's a good question. I think um, one of the things we've always said, one of the main reasons why Junior Achievement exists, and by the way, we're celebrating our 100th anniversary uh, this year, so wow. we turn 100. Uh, it's our centennial year. Congratulations. Um, thank you. So it's, you know, it's a pretty exciting thing to be around for that long. Yep. I think the number one reason why we exist is that um, these concepts are not being taught um, in schools. These concepts are not being taught at home. doesn't mean that some people aren't trying to do it, but I mm -hmm. think uh, we kind of jokingly say it's one of those old adages that a lot of this information um, it's almost best outsourced because you know kids, you know, kids come home, kids come home from school after a long day and they're sitting around the dinner table having great conversation. Mom or dad starts to talk about financial literacy and starts to really probe about careers that their kids want to do. You know, our experience, a lot of kids they kind of their brains kind of mm -hmm. shut down, mm -hmm. right? Um, and same thing with teachers because they're with those teachers all the time. When but when you go into the classroom, right, as a successful local entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, and they, they, the students see you as someone who's not their parents, not their teacher, but someone who cares about them. You become a mentor for those students, and and what you're teaching them and telling them is real life experience. Right. Yes, we have great curriculum, but you're really the the, the person that. Um, brings this to life and I think that's why we've been around for so long I mean we have over 3,000 volunteers every year we're very mm -hmm. lucky to work with all different industries um, and and I think that's why we're that's why we're, we've been around for 100 years and hopefully be around for uh, for 100 more so if people want to to volunteer people that are listening or watching the podcast they can reach out to me uh, at nicksgamechanger at gmail.com and I'd, I'd be happy to pass information along to you. Uh, and, I, and I just wanna make sure I know the territory. So it's sure. all, you're all across Connecticut, are you in, are you, are you in other states? So J.A., so our, so let me start here local. Our office is based in Hartford. We have a settled office in New Haven. Um, and we cover the entire state of Connecticut, except for Fairfield County. Okay. Um, nothing against Fairfield County. There's actually <laughs> another separate JA um, in, that, in area that area called okay. JA of Greater Fairfield County. So they operate uh, that region. Mm -hmm. But there's 107 um, JA areas across the country, mm -hmm. and we're in 100 countries worldwide. Wonderful. Um, so it's a pretty large, pretty large organization. Got it. That's great. So you mentioned a mentor, and I'm going to ask you my second question today. Do you have a mentor, and if so, how have they helped you? Ooh. I'm very lucky. I've got several, um, and I've, I've been very lucky to have, uh, you know, on, on the professional side, I'll stick with that, you know, some great people who have, um, you know, kind of taken me under their wing mm -hmm. um, and, and, and saw something in me and wanted to make sure that I continue to grow and be successful. So, you know, I, I was very lucky. Uh, one of my key mentors in, re in recent years is my, actually my predecessor, uh, my, the, the former JA president, Lou Golden who, you know, I worked for him for 14 years and, mm. you know, he taught me a lot um, about leadership and, and you know, and, and that's something that I've learned. Um, there, there's, you can be a natural born leader, mm. but if you really want to be a great leader, you know, it's something you need to work out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, uh, that's, I, I take pride in that. And, and Lou was huge in, in kind of starting that process with me. Um, but then I've had others as well. You know, I've had several executive coaches. I've had great um, board chairs um, who, you know, again, have actively kind of taken it upon themselves to continue this leadership tutelage, mm -hmm. you know, uh, teaching things like, you know, look in the mirror, you know, servant leadership, um, you know, all these things that are, are truly important if you really want to have a strong culture mm -hmm. in, in, in your workplace um, and really be the kind of person which I do want to be that people want to follow, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I don't think, and you run, a, you run a great business and you have a growing team as well, you know, um, 
you want people to follow you for the right reasons, right? Because right? you're trying to accomplish great things in your company. Correct. We're trying to accomplish great things at JA, and we can't do that if, if, if you're just a boss, mm-hmm. right? So I, I take real pride in that, and, and you know, uh, again, very lucky to have, you know, uh, I can name them all, um, Tom Baylor, Ray Sprague, Matt Canby, a bunch of great folks who mm-hmm. have been part of my kind of growth in this, uh, in this realm here. Were you looking for them, or did you find them along the, in your travels? I mean, have you... Have you I mean, I think that's the, that's the that's the beauty of having such a great board of directors, which we which we really do have here um, at JA. That you know, um, we have great access to to people who care about what we're doing, care about our mission, and you know, again, uh, want to see us succeed and want us to see our business grow. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of times um, it could be me reaching out to them, could be them reaching out to me, or, or vice versa. So, um, just you know, very lucky to have that. That's wonderful. That's a good answer. Thank you for that. The next question, which book or author influenced your life? So I'm going to go two sides here on the, uh, on the personal side. And I, you know, I don't remember when I read it. I'm sure you're a similar age. You probably read it at the same time. But To Kill a Mockingbird is still mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. books. Um, and, and just, it just for, for whatever reason, at that point in my life, just sent some powerful messages to me about life and mm-hmm. how to treat people and, yeah. and you know, the wrongs of society, but how, you, how good people can, can make change. Um, and then on the professional side, you know, the, I, I don't really have time to read for, for pleasure these days, but the, the, the books that I like to read are about leadership, uh, growth, professional development. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the, probably the, the best one I've read, which, which probably every CEO has read, is the Jim Collins, Good the Great. Um, again, it's, it's, it's written in a very simple form, but the messages, you know, just kind of hit you like, yeah, yep. that is the right way to that's do right. it. That's how important. Get the right people on the bus. That's right? how important that's the right. people are. Yeah. Um, so, Again, that one still sits on my desk, um, and, and I kind of flip through it every once in a while to, uh, to just reference it. So as I'm listening to you, and I, I'm going to go off the format here for a minute, because you mentioned you've been at JA for 16 years, which is a long time. What you do is all about helping other people, helping children, but you, you have all these different elements. There's a fundraising component. There's, you know, you, you're being, you know, talk about being a boss, talk about um, actually being out in the field, being out in the classroom, you know, actually like the give back portion of it. Is there, is there something that, that drives you to do that? Is it, was, there, was there a moment in time when you said, I want to do this or go down this path, even just being in a nonprofit world? Is there, is there, before those 16 years even started, what kind of got you there? That's a good question. Um, I think like most young people, I mean, this is, I think this is why I'm, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate, I, I'll try to answer your question as best I can. Um, I was one of those young people who didn't really know what they wanted to do mm-hmm. when they grew up. That's common. Um, I didn't have junior achievement yeah. in my school when right. I was going through elementary, middle, high school. Yep. I think we might have had a career day once, but I don't really remember it. Um, so it didn't have an impact. You know, so like most kids my age, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, the thing to do was go to college, right? That was that was the message twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. It's been twenty years. That's crazy, but you know, twenty years ago, I go to college. That's what you have to do. So I went to college and started off in a business school because I figured, you know, that'd be a lucrative career, and, and but it just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I switched over and became a history major. And, you know, the problem with that is when you go to a, a, a college and you know, major in anything that yeah. um, history and you know sociology all those things. You kind of need more schooling to figure out Correct. what you want to do. So, anyway, thought I'd be a teacher. 
um, but realize the teachers work real hard. It, it made me really appreciate educators and what they do every day. Mm-hmm. But I also realized I don't think I can do that for, for 30 plus years. Right. Um, but I always enjoyed working with young people and I always, en- I guess part of me was always, there was always an aspect that I liked helping other people. Mm-hmm. You probably get that from your parents and how you're raised and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, right? So um, I fell into this job, um, quite honestly, it was one of, I think, 40 or 50 jobs I applied for that summer and, and Lou hired me and, and uh, I guess the rest is history. But, um, you know, I think what, what, what's kept me hungry, maybe I'll find the answer question a little bit, it keeps my drive going is, is the people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very lucky to work with, you know, uh, you know, lots of, uh, you know, in, in Hartford, we have over 56 board members in New Haven. We have a separate advisory board with over 20 board members. We have just great leadership and great people. We've got, you know, thousands of volunteers, thousands of teachers we work with, you know, um, I'd say thousands of donors, you know, individual donors, corporate donors, you know, so it's those interactions with those people that I think keeps me going and, and, and makes me want to do more mm-hmm. um, they make me want to reach more students mm-hmm. you know when I came into this we set a target of reaching 50,000 kids by 2020 when, when I said that we were reaching 34,000 and, and this year we reached 47,000 so we're making some serious progress right. and, and it's also you know you see so you don't want to let people down and, and people are counting on us and kids mm-hmm. are counting on us yep. um, when you see the impact and you've been to our events you see the, the students and the impact that these programs have on their lives you know you can't help but want to do more. And then right. we've got a very talented staff and you see the look in their eyes, you know, when they're running programs and working with volunteers and you see their excitement and you want to do more mm-hmm. and you want to bring more staff on. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, I don't ever see a time where I'll be bored um, and I don't ever see a time that I won't be as hungry as I am today. So Wonderful. That's a great answer. There's, there's two things I want to comment on that you just said. And, and you talked about finding your way to JA and the the process that you went through i think learning what you don't want to do is sometimes as important or you know as as knowing what you want to do right so you don't always know what you want to do forever you you mentioned you stumbled into this into this job you know which has become a path of a way of life for you at this point but just kind of saying you you go you go down a you go down a road for so long and then one day you say what am i doing here that must you know it's a hard decision to make and I think the other thing that I noted as you were talking was you talk about um, earlier before about kids having you know dinner table conversation. And I think when we talk about the political landscape today and the economic landscape today and just living in the Northeast and the cost of living, we all, we all like to talk about what we can do to change people's lives and to make people's lives better. And it's one thing to say, you know, I'm, I'm gonna donate to a cause, which is wonderful and you gotta do that. But to, to take an active role in shaping the lives of children, you know, entrepreneurship is still, you know, uh, the, the the driver of the U.S. economy. You know, small business is a driver of the U.S. economy, and you're starting at ground zero. You're starting at the bottom. You're, you know, my dad says you got to, you got when you plant the tree, you you, you got to plant it straight at the beginning because that's how it grows. I mean, that's that's what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the insight. I mean, I think one of the things that I'm trying to to around for a long time right and I think uh, the messaging that I'm trying to really um, exacerbate when it comes to what junior achievement does in the community is really let people know that we are and should be a key player in the whole economic development realm right Mm -hmm. Um, to your point you know we're teaching young people how to start a business well business creation creates jobs and it creates wealth that's That's right that's economic development that's right we're teaching young people how to make money and manage their money responsibly 
that's also a huge uh, impact on has a huge impact on economic development. You know, and, and when people do those things, when they create jobs and they create wealth, then they start giving back to the community. To the community. That's also part of economic Tell development. So, yeah. you know, Jay, I think that's why JA, again, in my opinion, has been around for as long as it is. And I think you touch on a great point as well of because we involve people from not just a, a monetary standpoint. Listen, we yes, we need more money to do more programs. Right. That's not. That's a given. You know, that's a given. But we also need more volunteers to teach them. And when you get, you know, we call them zealots in the office, and we've got, you know, just tons and tons. We're so lucky to have, you know, volunteers have been with us, you know, for in some cases for my entire 16 years, they volunteer every year, multiple programs. Those folks are the real secret to our mm -hmm. success. That's wonderful. Um, and I think that's what keeps us going for so many years. That's great. I love it. I'm going to move to the next question. We just talked about the world and the 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 area that we, the times that we live in. Yep. Are you learning as fast as the world is changing and how do you push yourself to keep growing and evolving? Whew. The first question is a real tough one. I mean, I think I always consider myself um, a quick learner, but um, how do I say this? Maybe a cautious learner. Um, I think there's, there's danger in, in jumping into things too quickly mm -hmm. um, without the right thought process about the right people you know mm -hmm. uh, discussing pros and cons um, so I think <clears throat> you know from my perspective as, as, as a personally professionally um, I'd like to know what's going on I'd like to be part of kind of new ideas and, and new concepts and new ways to do things um, but I also don't mind taking a step back and, and seeing how others um, do it first mm -hmm. and kind of learn from from their mistakes right I think you know uh, and I'm sure you know I, none of us are perfect right we've all made mistakes in our careers and our personal lives yeah I think it's it's critical that you learn from those mm -hmm. right and I think so um, you know I like to be the, the, the person who you know maybe not maybe not ahead of the curve not behind the curve but somewhere somewhere in the middle there and I think that's okay I mean that's 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 the way that you know that's the way you work and and I think that one of the things is the amount of information that gets pushed out to us as consumers is overwhelming so I don't know if I know anybody that is learning as fast as the world is changing and I think that maybe what you're saying too is you know you ask the people that you ask questions to people that you think you can learn from that you trust their opinion and you um and you consider the source, right? So you know, gotta consider where it's coming from. You've talked about your board, you've talked about your volunteers, and you've talked about you know things that you've, you know, kind of come across personally. And and my style, I think you know this too, since I'm pretty famous for calling you up and asking you questions. I I'm I'm a pull the audience kind of guy. You know, I I call the people that are in my world that I trust, and I say whether it's personal or professional, what do you think about this? Should I do this? Now you know, at the end of the day, I'm gonna do what I think is the right decision. But, you know, again, and this was a theme in the last episode, was that you have to rely on people. People rely on people. And your whole business is, is reliant on people. Yep. And you're changing the way that people think, the way that people respond. And, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a big responsibility, but I think that it's a wonderful thing. So this is going to be a, a good segue. When you think about your legacy, how do you want people to remember you? Personally, professionally, both. I want to hear both, <laughs> and I want to hear two answers: personally and professionally. Right. Ooh, 
um, let's see, personally, I think um, I want people to remember me as someone who um, who's known to be a, a good man right, or a great man or whatever phrase you want to use there, um, who cared about his family, who you know did anything um, he could for, for his family. Um, you know, I got a great wife, um, two kids, another one on the way, uh, and throw a dog in there as well. Yeah. Um, so we've we got an, an, a great extended family as well. So, you know, uh, I want to be you know someone who, who, who cared for his family, provided for his family, and, and, you know, did all he could to give them the best uh, so that they can be successful. You know, listen, you know, every parent wants their kids to be more successful than them, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, that's my goal for, for my kids is that I want to see them do great things and, and I'll take great pride in that. And they're already doing that, um, but to continue to take great pride as they get older. On the, on the professional side, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's, I, thought about, I thought a lot about that actually before I even um, became president because that was one of the things that I started thinking about even before um, I signed that, that, that paperwork, right? Which was, I want to be known as someone who, again, some kind of the family thing, really took um, the culture of the team and the staff seriously, and and worked just as hard on developing the culture of JA as as much as the results. Mm -hmm. um, I listen. My staff can tell you I'm a very results numbers guy, but I'm also sure I'm also sure to make sure everyone understands why we're doing everything. Every decision, big decision. Let's talk about why. Right, so I want people to think of me as a thoughtful leader, um, a caring leader. Um, I don't, I don't mind being known as, as a tough leader at some points because I think, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there's something to be said about being, um, you know, tough but fair, right? Um, being transparent, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I think the greatest honor uh, when you know when someone retires is for folks who worked with them for many years to say, you know, hey, um, you know. We would have followed this guy through, you know, through anything, and, and we would have knocked down walls for this guy, and that's not easy. And I, no. you know, I, I take that very seriously, and and that goes into lots of decisions that get made every day, um, because, you know, I think if that's the end goal, if that's what you want people to think about you simultaneously while you're trying to create and develop and um, and achieve great mm -hmm. things as an organization, then I think you can, you know, close your eyes at the end and and, and rest well that mm -hmm. you've done a good job. Those are good answers, and I appreciate your sincerity there. One of the things I'm realizing as I hear you talk is that you have a lot of people that rely on you professionally, personally, and that's you know, and, and you're you're a stand-up guy. You do the right thing. You're honest. You talked about being a good man. How do you find peace? How do you rest your mind? <laughs> there's got to be a way. There's got to be something. If you if you can teach me how to do that, I'd love to know. My mind is, is constantly going. You could say uh, vodka too. No. <laughs> yeah, I could. That, that helps a little bit sometimes. But uh, no. But seriously. But seriously. I, 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 how do you I, find I, peace? I think sometimes peace for me is, is is being alone. To be honest with you. Mm. Um, and and I mean that respectfully because I'm around people all the time. Yeah. I think I always need that time alone to recharge. Yep. Uh, the battery, so to speak, and also just to kind of get, like, I get some of that peace. Yeah. Um, and luckily, I have a great family who understands that and, yeah. and gives me that time uh, when it's needed. And, you know, and sometimes need a day out of the office just to kind of do that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but my mind's always racing. I, I keep a, a notepad and a pen in my nightstand drawer. My wife knows that she sees the light go on at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever a.m. Um, you know, she knows what I'm doing. Yeah, knows it's, doing. it's making to-do lists or it's John down thoughts, you know, for meetings that I, I, I want to make sure I get something right. Mm. Um, so unfortunately I probably didn't answer your question cause I don't really think, um, 
I think I'll find that peace when I retire. Um, that's just how I'm wired. You got a long time for that. I do have a long time, hopefully, but um, it's just me. Uh, I think you answered it. To me, I think you answered it. I think, uh, I think being alone is one of the most, one of those underrated things. Yeah. And for people like you and for people like me who our minds don't stop, I don't, we don't sleep, we're in for around people all day. And I think um, you and I are actually both uh, fueled and, and motivated and inspired by people. Like I like being around people. I, you know, we like social uh, yeah. um, environments, but, at, but every now and then to just be in silence or to just be by yourself, I think is, is probably a very important thing. It's, I think it's, it's actually, um, I know I tried to get my older daughter to, to, to try to do this, but I don't, know, I don't know how successful I was, but I found years ago, I started this in college, to be honest with you, I'd have, uh, I commuted to school for a couple of years and, yeah. and I would turn the radio off, right? I have a 45 minute commute and I would turn the radio off. And that's when I started to really learn how powerful that 45 minutes was. Because mm -hmm. that was my time, right? I was taking back my time. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a chance to really um, think. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the challenges with all the technology and all the, the noise and all the stuff going around is, is I think young people, it's harder for them to turn the noise off. Mm -hmm. And you know, I would argue, this is just Jeremy speaking, you know, personally, that, um, I think everybody could use a little more of them time. Yeah. And, and I still do advice. that. You know, I'm inspired now. My, I got an hour drive back yeah. to the office. I'm going to turn my radio so off. So we're going to tell the listeners after they listen or watch the podcast, they could shut it off. Yeah, after the podcast. They're going to share it. They're going to like it. They're going to tell people to listen to it and then shut it off. There you go. That's a good answer. I have two more questions sure. for you. How do you respond to failure? Nobody likes to fail, obviously. But it happens. Um, it happens, and I, I, I'd argue that people who haven't failed, um, I don't think can really be achieve true success. I don't think people who haven't failed can achieve true, kind of well-rounded, holistic perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you got to fail. You got to do it safely. Mm -hmm. um, listen again, personally, professionally, we've all screwed up. We've all made mistakes, you know. Um, but I think for me. Um, and this was one of the messages that, you know, kind of all collectively, all of my mentors have, have yeah. shared with me, yeah. and, which has led them to success mm -hmm. is the whole concept of, you know, looking in the mirror, right? No one's perfect. So, you know, really take a look in the mirror, reflect on those experiences, those situations, those conversations that didn't go well, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be, um, and take ownership right. of things. I think, you know, it's a hard concept a big one. to learn, but if you can literally take ownership mm -hmm. um, when you fail, or sometimes even if you weren't the real reason for the failure, still take ownership. Right. It it makes you think differently, right? Yeah. It, it makes you um, gives you a different perspective about the people you're working with, and I think that's what really fuels growth. Right. Mm -hmm. to, to me, failure drives growth, mm -hmm. and and I think that's a really important aspect for for anyone, regardless of what business they're in or what they're doing. Yeah. Wonderful. The follow up question to that is. How do you celebrate success? Do you celebrate success? And, and then if so, how do you celebrate it? Big smiles, man. Big smiles. I mean, uh, yeah. people know me. I'm, I like to have fun and smile and laugh. I think, you know, um, there's nothing better. Um, you know, there's one of the things that I, I remember, uh, come back to Lou for a second. Lou taught me early on in my career. He said, you know, when you get to a management level, mm -hmm. um, you know, the difference is you no longer become, you're no longer an individual contributor, mm -hmm. right? So you when you're an individual contributor, you're kind of celebrating with yourself, right? Yep. High-fiving yep. yourself in the mirror and all that stuff. But when you have people that rely on you, you use that phrase, mm -hmm. um, I think that the, the key thing is to make them feel as 
best as possible and, and mm -hmm. celebrate for them, mm -hmm. right? Celebrate them, mm -hmm. right? Because really, so it's a beautiful, it's and it's a, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, we could all get better at that, right? Including myself, but there's nothing better than watching someone, you know, turn bright red because they're embarrassed that you're bragging about them, yeah. you know, or see the genuine smile on their face because you're complimenting them in a meeting or in whatever setting. Um, it's important, right? That's the power of, of interaction and with people. Um, listen, you can't build stuff by knocking people down. You got to build things, you know, by building people mm -hmm. up. Um, so I think the more that you can genuinely, it's got to be genuine, you can genuinely do that, I think the better. And I think, you know, whether it's, you know, getting a cake to celebrate 47,000 kids or, right. or complimenting all those who've helped, um, I, I think, again, the, the joy is, is, is it's the giving it's, it's, it's giving game. that it's, it's kind of taking that good feelings and giving it to other people um that i think in the long run comes back to help you in the end yeah wonderful that's a good answer you know i i admire you i admire your your work ethic well, your honesty it. i think that you do great work in the community and i'm gonna so i'll talk about you a little bit too through a, an experience i had we had the new haven breakfast um for junior achievement when was that in november yep, yep. and i met one of the program graduates who's a student at UConn Real Estate School, yep. Kevin. Kevin Carnale. Kevin Carnale, Wallingford resident. That, although that, I just like that anyway, because <laughs> I, I live in Wallingford, but um, Kevin was very professional in the way that he conducted himself and came in, met with me. We had a great conversation. He's a young guy, he's very sharp, had said some really nice complimentary things about JA and you and the whole program. and. And I, I could just tell that you know you you, and your team have changed his life. Now he's wanted to change himself, right? So he's in. He knows what he wants to do. He thinks he knows what he wants yeah. to do, and I think he's going to be successful. I'm sure he will be. He he's be. got the fire. You could see it in his eye. But when I, I don't, as much as I've supported you and your program, it wasn't until I had a kid like him sitting in front of me in my office asking me questions about how, how I've done things in real estate, how, how I've done different things, and to kind of learn that, hey, I used to be that kid, yeah. to think about it that way. And that all is rooted back in the work that you're doing. So I really admire that, and I think you're gonna help a lot of people, and that's a wonderful thing. Well, so I appreciate that, and I, I just side note, I appreciate you meeting with Kevin, because uh, you know, he, he is already a star, he will be a great success, and, and you know, he's one of 47,000 young people that's that right. we're working with now. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, and of I course. Think, you know, uh, the community is better when there's people like you out there as well. You know, doing stuff like this and also, you know, showing young people that hey, they can create a business. They can. They can do whatever they want. That's the beautiful, beautiful thing about the, the society we live in is that anything's possible. You know, I tell people all the time that when I started my business, it was a feeling that I'd never felt before, and um, it's a feeling. Scary. That, it's scary, but it's a <laughs> and, I, and even though I plan on starting businesses and and. I have a long list, which we won't talk about, but I never want to feel that way again. I never want to feel the way that I felt when I started my first real business. And I've made mistakes and I've learned things. And I think one of the things I've learned is how to rely on other people. Yep. Um, and I don't ever think I'll feel that way again. And one of the reasons why I wanted to even do this podcast was because if I could help one person who's starting a business or growing a business or has a business that maybe started out and is declining and they don't know what to do, they, ha they have to use their resources. Yeah. 
and you're a resource and I'm a resource and there's more people around them than I think that they realize. And that kid like Kevin, you know, he, he knows it now. I'm in his corner and that's a powerful thing because there's probably a lot of people like that. Yeah. So when he feels a day that he feels alone, he's not really alone. And that's what you're fostering. It's incredible. So you, you became a game changer for him potentially too. Well, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> or he maybe became a game changer for you. Who knows? <laughs> I think you might be right. All right. So that that wraps up the uh, the Q and A. And I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, what I do also every time is I have a I have a genuine interest and a and a love of coffee, and uh, I drink a lot of it. So uh, every <laughs> every episode I talk about. Uh, my visit to a local coffee shop. So we were, we're today we're drinking uh, a Viennese roast from Daybreak Coffee in Glastonbury, and uh, they're right on Main Street. They they roast in house. Um, they have a great setup. Uh, it's right off of, right at the T of Hebron Avenue and Main Street. Um, Daybreak Coffee. Go check them out. Really like them a lot. Uh, they have all kinds of other specialty drinks and lattes and stuff too. But. Uh, I have to say that this is uh, on my on my quest for the best coffee in Connecticut. Um, they rank pretty high right now. So and I and I love that they that they roast their own in house, which is definitely a differentiator. So um, that's that brings it to a close. So thank you again, Jeremy, and uh, we'll see you uh, you guys all very soon. Have a good one. <laughs>